welcome back, everybody. Season three, woohoo, of the Next Level Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Leslie. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been over a year since I started this podcast. And man, just in reflection, we have done some amazing topics. We've had amazing guests. We've done everything from you know, talking about resilience and biohacks and all the different self-mastery tools and manifestation and carnivore diet and all of this amazing stuff. And it's been so much of a learning experience for me. And a lot of my listeners have really absorbed a lot of it and uh, helped them in the community as well. This season, I'm kicking off a whole relationship series. Yes, it's time to step out of mastering ourselves for a brief few episodes and start figuring out, okay, now that we have these tools for ourselves, how do we now relate with other people? I know on my journey of the self-mastery, the way I relate to myself has changed. It has to because I'm evolving. I've stepped into this empowered female position where I'm like, okay, I can create all these things. I'm a master of my domain. I am limitless in my creative potential holy shit, now what do I do when I want to interact with a man? Like, it's a totally different ball game for me. You know, I have dated and I had a relationship for quite some time and it ended and it was, you know, beautiful. But now I'm sitting here going, okay, I've really learned so much and and I'm wanting to understand as I'm evolving, how do I relate with other people? What does a relationship for me now look like it was different than when I was married for 14 years and had my two babies like I'm a totally different person and so I get to rewrite my rules and redefine and I've done much research about this and I've learned quite a bit already so I'm like all right it's time to bring on some guests so we can banter and help you the listeners understand a little bit more about relating as you evolve and when you've come to like a totally different personality and an experience of who you are and how do you manage that and all of these amazing things. So the next few episodes are going to be all about relationships outside of yourself. And today to kick off season three's relationship series, we have Natalia. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to say her last name, Murua. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. And so and Natalia is a dating and relationship expert and coach, but you didn't start as this. You've, you've been doing this for about five years, but you did some other type of coaching before, right? Right. Yes. My journey started many, many years ago when I was 14 years old and I had a, a big, big awakening where I noticed that the young woman I was becoming, I wasn't really liking I was following after the printing, imprinting that my family was giving me. And unfortunately, it wasn't very healthy. They were um, a little bit of um, bullies. They were, um, I, I just, it didn't feel uh, right the way I was uh, treating other people, the way I was treating my own self with my thoughts. So I decided to do something, and um, I am from a very small town, tiny, tiny. They, we just got our first movie theater now. Wow, that is tiny. Tiny, and uh, but I had access to books. Uh, so I got a book. It was called Love by Leo Buscaglia, 
Okay. And um, it's Leo Buscaglia was an American uh, psychotherapist, very famous. And uh, I started from there. Then I got into Wayne Dyer and the different uh, self-development, um, you know, authors. And um, I decided at a very young age that I was going to be a psychotherapist. So that's what initiated everything. I went to uni. I got, you know, trained as a therapist. And I became this very strong, very confident, super intellectual woman um, that, uh, that had a lot on the outside. If you will see me from the outside, I was beautiful. I had a killer body. I had my own business. I, you know, I was independent. And, um, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy inside. I wasn't totally content. And so that led me to be on my early 20s. I found um, Eastern philosophy. I got deep into that. So now we have all this psychology, Western philosophy, then we add Eastern philosophy. And that was another big movement in my life. So 14 years old was one, 22, 23 was another one. And the final one, the most um, transformational one, was when I moved to the States when I was 27 and still lost, still an intellectual, still, <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought I knew everything. I, I, I was always the smartest woman in the room and all that. But I was still unhappy, still looking, looking mm. for something. I was searching and searching and searching. And when I moved to the States, I couldn't... Um, be a therapist because um, I didn't speak any English. So um, I, I had to learn English and then go to university again. And by that time, I was done with long-term schooling. I just, I was done with that. So I found coaching and uh, I got into this uh, four days fully immersion coaching experience where I spent like from eight in the morning to 10 at night, midnight sometimes, just doing the work, doing the work. They were bum, 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 making us face everything, everything, everything. And that weekend, it made sense. Mm. It's like I got it. I got what I was about. I got what my life was about. And it was like, oh, my God. All the pieces came together. And uh, I could see the colors more brighter. I could smell the smells stronger. I, I just got this. Wow, I, I want that. <laughs> I think lots of people want to know where you went. <laughs> yes, <laughs> amazing. I can say uh, a lot of people have these kind of experiences through different uh, methods, different they do. practices. Yes. And, and they're all good. Um, you know, like this a, one spoke to you, though. And, yes. and that's true. I've worked with people. I, I know lots of different people who do these um these these retreats with what is it, Ash, ashwagandha or whatever the different types of things that you know they their spiritual retreats or their coaching retreats or they're like they lick a toxic frog and they have some hallucination <laughs> and they awaken there's there's different ways that we can do it so but some this one's have with you. Um, you know close to death experiences there are many ways that we can yes wake up they call so, it. I don't know if I will call it wake up, but that's what most people will. It's an awakening. An experience. Yes, an awakening 
it's one of those sort of charged words because yeah. people really associate it with spirituality. And I'm always very careful with that too, because even though we are, you know, energy beings and, you know, we have a spiritual side, it's kind of categorized as spirituality, but really I'm understanding who we are and how we interact with our reality and ourselves from more of a quantum mechanics and quantum physics type of perspective in terms of energy and vibration than just spiritual because, you know, religions can get mixed into that. But yes, okay. Well, so you had this sort of awakening or this everything, all the dots, all the puzzle pieces kind of fit together. So what happened after that? What happens next? Uh, I was in a marriage and I wasn't happy. It was an abusive marriage and uh, it ended. And uh, the moment that my marriage ended, I knew I knew that I knew that I knew with every cell in my body. I didn't get sad. I didn't get upset. I didn't get angry. I didn't, there were like no feelings. I just, You were just done. Yes. And I just knew that, that marriage and sharing my life with the right men was very important to me. Career was good. Fitness is good. All that is good. I love all those things as well. But also I wanted the relationship, the good relationship. And I noticed, I kind of looked back, I was about in my early 30s, 32, and that all my relationships had sucked. It wasn't that one, that the first, you know, heartbreak I was having. It, mm. it had been really bad um, up until that point. So I decided to focus my, my attention and to use all my resources to what at the moment I said, to be an adult in relationships. That's what I called it. Um, yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I did that. And, uh, you know, I, I got books, I got a coach, and the first thing I did is I got a coach. I remember her name, Heidi. Hmm. She, I still remember her smell. It's so oh. funny, 20 years later or so. And uh, so she helped me through the divorce. Uh, she gave me tools and practices. So, um, you know, um, emotional freedom technique. I don't know if you have ever heard of that or tapping. Yes. Yes. That was huge. It helped me so much. And still today, I use it with my clients. You do. Yeah. I went through a period of time I used tapping. And then I got meditation. And meditation yes. was really powerful. And then I created my remap process that just kind of was my own way of being able to kind of get through things very, very quickly. But yes, tapping is one methodology that I know people really right benefit and from meditation and uh, moving the body and uh, different techniques mm. and yeah and that was the beginning that was the beginning immediately um after a few months i had this opportunity to um be part of a group of uh ladies that uh were also looking to heal in this area of relationships so I was the leader with other ladies, mm -hmm. and I was helping them with that. And then my life took a big turn. I moved to Las Vegas, and um, I discovered running. And uh, that took over. I, uh, I discovered running. And by the way, I met my husband, my now husband. Oh. We have been together for over 15 years now. Wow, so okay. I got the relationship. I did all the work. And then when I moved to Las Vegas, I 
met him organically without dating, without doing anything. So you were this empowered woman, and but you were in these cycles of abusive relationships, verbal, emotional, physical abuse? Yes, and All it, was, it. it okay. was both ways. And I don't want to play here that I am. I was a saint. Okay, well, that, that's I the wish. Argentinian in you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> the spiciness, the passion. Um, I'm kidding. But um, abuse is not funny. But, no. you know, and I can relate to that too, being very empowered in myself. I went through an abusive relationship. It's mm -hmm. what led me into, you know, the indictment and the resulting felony and, you know, the falling of my life, which I'm now grateful for. But it's it's not uncommon that I know a lot of women who are powerful end up getting into these abusive relationships, especially if we see it. You know, our my mother was very strong, yet, you know, she was doing all the things and taking the brunt of a lot of stuff. And so we learn to just kind of deal with it. And so when we evolve, when we we have a very similar story and, and we kind of come to this realization, that, OK, I'm not doing this anymore. This doesn't work for me. I really want to create a life where. I have a partner that I can appreciate, that can appreciate me, I can appreciate them. There's freedom, there's trust, there's love, there's loyalty, all of those things. And that kind of light bulb goes on and then you just kind of get to the point where, okay, how do I create that? How, and so you had a coach. I have had a coach for quite some time, for almost three and a half years. It's kind of helped me through rebuilding my life as well. Having someone that can model, firstly, I want to say to everybody out there is really important. So if you don't have a coach, if you're a loss or, you know, you do the self-help books, but sometimes you need someone to banter off of or work with to help get through your blind spots because sometimes we don't see it. Right. And it can help expedite the process too, even though like my methodology is very, it's like a self it's a self-help method, you know, the remap process. But sometimes, again, there's layers that I don't see. Sometimes we just don't. You know, that's right. why we have relationships and we have people in our life because mm -hmm. they're part of the experience, too, that we need. But so you kind of come to this realization. And I love that you say, and this is really how it works. It's organic. When you started focusing really on yourself, you did your inner work. So that's why we talk about the self-mastery. That's why I'm so focused on people understanding themselves, learning themselves, loving themselves, really understanding what unconditional loving acceptance is. And you become so okay in yourself and who you are. You just find the person. Right. Right. And that's right. kind of what happened with you, it sounds like. Absolutely. But the Absolutely. work. So but I did a ton of work. You did a ton of work, yes. right. So let's, instead of getting into all of your, you can bring in some of your experiences of what you did, but let's talk about your, your coaching clients. Your female coaching clients are very powerful. You told me that they were like very much into fitness and they've got their businesses and their homes and they're like, okay, I want to have a man in my life. I'm ready, you know, and they have these challenges. So tell me a little bit about the challenges that women have. You were, you alluded to some masculine, feminine imbalances. So right. tell me a little bit about these sort of issues, what they look like, and maybe some of the behaviors or mindset that these women have that have a difficult time attracting the kind of guy they want. Right. So the, the main issue that my clients have is that they attract men that they don't like, and they kind of repel the men they like. So it's, it's this horrible place where nobody wins. And uh, most of the time, what I have found is that we, we are a little bit confused nowadays. We are a little bit confused regarding what we want 
and uh, how we get it. So there is some basic, basic laws that happen when it comes to men and women for the relationship to work. And the main law that I would like to work, uh, talk about right now is the law of polarity. So for attraction to happen between a man and a woman, there has to be polarity in their energy. So there is a very good example that I can give, and it's um, think about a magnet. A magnet has a positive side and a negative side, and that's how they attract. If we have a magnet that is positive and positive, they repel each other, mm -hmm. and same if it's negative and negative. So for attraction to happen between two individuals, Regarding of their gender, this is not about biology. This is not about, uh, you know, gender. Uh, this is about the, the energy that we carry, an identity. Dr. Carl Jung, who was a disciple of Sigmund Freud, he found out that every single human being is androgynous. We have feminine energy and we have masculine energy. Actually, when a woman gets pregnant, the first couple of days that, um, that uh, the, the egg that is fertilized, it's feminine. It takes a couple of days for testosterone to kick in to make that egg masculine if it's going to be masculine. Mm -hmm. So we all have that inside of us. And Carl Jung found out through his studies that uh, there is an anima, he called it anima and animus, and we all have it inside of us, the energy masculine and the energy feminine. So most women don't know that. And uh, in order for women to be successful, in order for us to get on the workforce and be competitive with men, we have to, we have learned to use our masculine energy. And that works great to a certain extent, but let's say for generalization that it works great mm -hmm. if we are an architect and we want to create a building because that is very logic. It's like there has to be measurements and you have to have a plan and follow it. One, two, three, you have to be very specific. And, you know, So it works really well. Penicillin was discovered because of the masculine energy. So there is mm -hmm. a lot of goodness that happens thanks to this masculine energy. The issue is that if the woman wants to be in a relationship with a man that is masculine, she has to choose to be the feminine energy. Otherwise, the man is not going to find himself attracted to her on the long run. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, it may happen, but once he starts to feel that he's with another man dressed up as a woman. <laughs> That's so horrible to say, but true, yes, yes. He kind of starts to pull away. So, okay. So, no, that's great. I am, My wheels are turning with questions. So what are some of the masculine energies that women exude when they're dating that make a guy feel like they're dating a man dressed up as a woman, <laughs> as you say? So the main thing that it's, it's a lot more simple than we think. It's a lot more simple. And once you know, that's why my coaching works so well, because once they know it, it's a 
piece of cake. For example, when we criticize a man, when we tell a man what to do, when we text a man all the time, when we... That's like the chasing energy, the when chasing, we're chasing. Right. We need to be receiving as females. Right. The man is supposed to, the masculine energy right. is supposed to, you know, seek and protect and, and, and do the chasing, really. Right? right. Is that... Right. Okay, so texting and wanting and nagging and demanding is like repelling energy. That's masculine energy, right? It's masculine energy. Mm, okay. Yes. So Go women, on. to give you an idea, we are like a vase, okay? We are like this beautiful vase, and we are totally whole and complete. We have everything inside of that vase. And the man is another vase. Our vase is full. As women, our vase is full, Hence, I don't need a man. Yeah, because we are full, whole, and complete as we are. There is mm -hmm. nothing wrong with us. There is nothing to fix. Now, a man also is a vase. And a man feels good when he does good. Okay? Mm -hmm. And a woman feels good when she, she does good when she feels good. So our job, if we decide to be the feminine energy in the relationship, because we could easily choose to be the masculine energy in the relationship, and that changes the dynamics completely. And most women I know, they want to be the feminine energy in the relationship. So, um, But there are some women that want to be the masculine energy in the relationship, and that's another conversation. But if the woman wants to be the feminine energy... She has to allow the guy to come and give mm -hmm. because he feels good when he gives us. And we have to receive and give back, but give back from the overflow, mm. the overdoing, the overgiving. All that is masculine energy. To give you an example, I think it's a funny story. My first day, so I told about how, you know, I got a coach and I started doing the work and eventually I ended up on Match.com. Mm. That was my first. I, I used it only for a while, but. I did too for like a week and I'm like, yeah. this is so I, crazy. I, yeah. Well, and we are talking, it wasn't even an app back then. It oh. was on the computer. It was like 18 years ago. So it was okay. very different. If people said that. Only losers do online dating now. Imagine back then. You had to be a super loser. So I, I was I was one of the first ones. I didn't care. My name is Natalia. I was a super loser. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, that's uh, I mean I you were care. you were invested. You yes. wanted to figure this out. I, I commend you. I know you for what that. I want and I know yeah. I'm gonna do what most people don't do to get it. And that's why I got what I got. Yeah. Um and then I made a career out of it. Right. So anyway, I meet this guy on Match, and we are texting, texting. First mistake I made. We were texting each other for two weeks. Too long. Don't do that. Texting. When you meet a guy online, you have to, you know, he texted you first mm -hmm. because that's the masculine energy. That first encounter, if you are at a show and you see a guy that you like and then you see him at the lobby during the intermezzo. If you, you have to be in your feminine energy, look at him, count to five, look with loving eyes, smile, you know. For five seconds. No, count to five, yeah, oh, five, okay. about five seconds, but in your mind, go one, two, three, 
and smile. Mm -hmm. And then look aside. And the guy knows that he that was an invitation to love. He knows that. You don't need to do anything else. If he doesn't come, he wasn't for you. Right. Acceptance. Mm. Acceptance. Acceptance. So, um, so the first mistake I made was texting, texting, texting. No. If you meet a guy online, he texts you, hi, how are you? You're like, oh, I feel great here. I am on my couch, uh, on my couch, sorry. Mm -hmm. And I am about to take a warm bath to relax after my day. And you have to make an effort in that sense to, to, to share your feelings. Mm -hmm. If you said, I'm good, I had a good day at work, that is, you see the difference yes. between one and the other? So he answers you back, and you go back and forth a couple of times, and then he has to ask you out. You need to meet him in person mm -hmm. right away. So that was my first mistake. I waited two weeks of texting. He finally said he was going to drive to my town to meet me. So what did I do? Overgiving, overdoing. I baked him a cake. Oh. Yes. That's why I said it's a funny story. I have plenty of funny <laughs> stories. I went on 200 first dates in two years. So God. I made all the mistakes <laughs> that are to be made. And um, so, so what what other overgiving? So all of us, all the women out there were listening. OK, so no, don't bake a cake when you first meet a guy and meet them right away. Don't do the chit chat because that's wasting your time. And, and his what else? What other mistakes do girls make? Another mistake that uh, women make is um, pretty much the overdoing overdoing, overdoing, like they they think they are being nice. And I understand that because I am a woman, mm -hmm. but they, they think they are being nurturing, but they are treating the guy as they are treating a girlfriend or as they are treating a kid. Mm. And uh, men are different. Men, in order to do good, but to feel good, they have to do good. So they have to do. They have to be the ones approaching you. Mm -hmm. They have to be the ones doing for you. I have had so many clients that uh, tell me, oh, Natalia, for my birthday, he invited me to spend this weekend in Cancun with him. How am I going to, uh, you know, I don't have money to give him a gift as big as that one. And I'm like, don't worry. Oh, my gosh. Don't worry. You don't have to. This is not a this for that. You just, you know, you do something nice for him. It could be baking him a cake if you are already dating and in a relationship is mm -hmm. appropriate. It could be something uh, small like that. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to do and do and overgive. She has to give less than he does. And... Um, Criticizing is a big one. Uh, not accepting, um, not accepting him for who he is. He doesn't um, call you for a day, or he's not moving as fast as you would like to in the relationship. Let's say you want to, you want to be exclusive with him, and he is not asking you to be exclusive. Not accepting that he may have his reasons why he's not asking you to be exclusive and giving him time to come up to his own uh, 
reasons mm -hmm. to ask you to be exclusive or to ask you to be engaged or there are ways that we can um, encourage that mm -hmm. but asking him criticizing him telling him what to do giving ultimatums oh. all that is only going to um, make him run away and so um, this is really great sort of segue here the ultimate goal then is to have sort of a union. Is that what your coaching clients right. want? Is you help them get to a place of union where they can have that marriage or that sort of traditional type of relationship. Mm -hmm. So in the instance of, let's say, let's go back to the situation where the guy may not be wanting to commit or he has his reasons or what have you, and the girl might want to. How do you coach a client in terms of, you know, you want to be patient or she, you know, does she be patient? Does she give him that time? Does she see other men? Like what is your, I've, I've listened to a couple of other um, relationship coach podcasts and different things over the years. And some of them think, no, you keep dating all of the guys. You don't have to sleep with all of them. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's your own perspective or your own choice until, and and some people don't even believe in girlfriend, boyfriends. They say, you are a free agent until there is a proposal. I mean, that's very, very rogue, very free. But it's, again, about being feminine. It's allowing the guy to show up and give. And and so what's your perspective on the multi-dating or the exclusivity and boyfriend, girlfriend, and sort of those labels and um, limits? Like, how do men respond to that? Um, and sort of what what's your experience? Well, mainly a man that is interested in you will pursue you to death. That's it. Right. And that's exactly what I've told many of my girlfriends and clients too. A guy knows what he wants. Yes. He will go after what he wants. If he doesn't go after you, he's not that interested or he's got other stuff going on that are limiting him from wanting to or being able to be interested or pursue but it's if he's not pursuing right move on really move on. right yes, yes. so th there is a, a a pace in the relationship that we could call so my advice to my clients is the first three months you meet a guy and you like him and you are dating him the first three months are the infatuation are uh, mutual admiration you only see the good on each other. And it's supposed to be like that. If a relationship starts with issues, get out. It's not gonna get better. If you cannot like the man that you meet today, don't think that he's gonna change. I mean, I, I always tell my, tell my clients, go on two or three days. You know, if he's not repulsive, Give him another <laughs> opportunity. He's not repulsive. I love that. Okay, so that's the that's the guideline. Okay, this okay, is good. If he's not so, repulsive, ladies, keep going. Okay, yes. uh, if he treats you well and 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 you were felt good, mm -hmm. just go on a couple of more dates because you know sometimes guys uh, guys make decisions. They're very logical, so they, it's all decisions, and they they have the tendency to feel like they are on a job interview. So they feel like, you know, that they have to perform in a certain way and whatever. So it takes them a couple of dates to relax and show you who they are. Okay. So let's say you went through three dates and he's 
still good and you keep dating him, the first three months are just to get to know him, just to get to know him because there is a, a, a possibility that you are meeting him at a high point in his life. So any kind of um, unhealthy behavior that he may have will take about three months to show up. Mm. So the first three months are to, to just see who he is. I encourage them to keep themselves busy. I encourage them to date other guys. Now, dating in my world of coaching means going out for coffee, going out for a walk, going out for, you know, a, a movie session. It doesn't mean going on, you know, like I used to go when I was doing the dating that I had no idea what I was doing, going on dinners for three hours. No, no nothing like that. Just more casual, but keep seeing other guys so you don't get, don't, you don't overinvest in one particularly. Right, okay. Um, I particularly believe that having sex right away, it goes against us. What is... What do you, what are your parameters on right away? What does that look like? That's that's good. Usually, I said you date them, you start to know them. You know, takes a while to know them. So patience is one of the feminine energy characteristics. So be patient. Eliminate the sense of urgency. Okay. The fact that you are 35 and you didn't decide to date seriously until today doesn't mean that that guy owes you the ring. <laughs> right. Okay? <laughs> Maybe you should have thought five years ago yeah. and yeah. give yourself time. Okay? So the sooner you start dating, if you're listening to this, the better because it's practice. Mm -hmm. Practice, 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 and you are not having that sense of urgency. It has to happen right now. So every man you met, meet is like, ah, are you going to be the one? No, you won't know. You won't know after a while. So you are dating the guy. You're, you like him. He is consistent with his actions. He's showing up. The, you feel that the relationship is, is getting better, you know, every mm -hmm. day, every week, things are getting better. You can see that he has, uh, an, that he wants to grow, that he wants to learn about you what you like and that he's, you know, growing a little bit, that mm -hmm. he's, he's a good listener. That um, So you are seeing all those things, that those are the things that matter in a relationship. You start to see that you have things in common. All these things, you can only see them over time. So you are knowing him. Then you start, once you know him for a while, you start to trust him. And you, you start to see, you know, you trust him. Okay, he says he said he was going to go take care of his niece. He did it. He is on time at work. I don't know, whatever is your sign of trust. Mm -hmm. Once you are trusting him, you have to see if you can rely on him. So you tell him, hey, you know, I am, I don't know, my, I don't know, I make, it's, it's a silly example but my car broke down on the highway can you come help me ah. it, see if he makes an effort to come to you i mean you have to see that he's making an effort for a mm. man it's all about investment is they're very they're making decisions it's all about the decision so the more they invest in you the more they make an effort in you the more they're showing you that they are into you so you see that you can rely on him 
And then it's usually the time when intimacy happens and commitment happens. Mm. And there is when I believe we can have sex with the guy, always having a conversation about what that means to you. I will never, ever, ever uh, coach a client to have sex with a guy without having a conversation of what that means to her. So it looks something like this. Oh my God, I, and, and in the meanwhile, you can fool around all you want. You can kiss him, you can, you know, go first base, second base, you know, whatever. But to the, the act of the sexual uh, encounter, because nature is against us, Leslie, when it comes to sex. I know, right? That's it. It's it biology. Is. It I is. know you're science-oriented like me. So yes, it's I, 100% true. Sorry, ladies. Yes. It's, we get uh, attached to them. We do. The oxytocin goes through the roof. I've looked at the research on this. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's about at least five times the levels that men have. I think it might even be eight times the levels men have. I mean, so, and that's the bonding. Oxytocin just floods us and it's bonding. We're just like, oh, guys get relief and women like attach. It's a big deal. That's it the same hormone we, hormone we release when we are breastfeeding That's with right. the baby. That exactly. allows That's us to attach to the bond. baby. Exactly. And men don't have it, ladies. Men don't have they ha it. They have a very small, yes. it's like a poop, <laughs> you know, maybe enough to cuddle after and then they roll over and go to bed. That's like a little, little, you know, hiccup. Yes. So what I uh, coach them and teach them and uh, to do is to say, oh, my God, it feels so good when you touch me. I really enjoy it. I could do it all day long, like Captain America. I could do all these all day long. <laughs> but, um, but you know, for me to have sex with you, I, I just need to know uh, what this means. Because when I have sex with you, I will get more attached with you and I will have more needs. So I will need you to call me every day or, and I will need to see you three times a week. And I will also need to be exclusive. Otherwise, it's just going to feel yucky for me and it's going to bring the worst out of me. So what do you think? Mm -hmm. So you talk to him from your feelings because women, when we choose to be in the feminine energy, we share our feelings with him. But feelings is the connection to his heart. Now, the bridge that con the last piece of bridge that connects us to him so he can hear us is what do you think? Because they're logical. So if we say, what do you feel? It's going to be like, what do you mean? Why do I feel? I don't know. <laughs> Men don't know. They're not connected to their feelings, most of them, unless they have done a lot of work and those are far in between. So right. With your regular men, you're going to be like, what do you think? And he's going to be like, well, of course I want to be exclusive with you. I don't want to see any other woman. And, you know, and yes, Seeing you three times a week would be great. And, uh, you know, and if he says, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not there yet, you mm. know, you take it as a queen, acceptance, acceptance, mm -hmm. acceptance. You yes. accept him for who he is and you accept his decision making. You accept that he has his reasons to do that. And with a as big a smile as you can put in that moment because you actually want to kill him. But you said, <laughs> you said something like, 
okay, you know, that's perfect. And this is all I can give you right now, you know. Um, and you don't tell him that you're going to date other guys. You don't tell No, you actually go, go and date other guys. And you sure. keep dating him. You don't have to drop a man. The only reason to drop a man is if he's violent, if he's a cheater, if he has addiction problems, if he's abusive. Those are all reasons to drop them. Like, don't even look back. Mm -hmm. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Yes. But if he's not in the same place where you are and you like him and you would like to give yourself the opportunity to make it work, you keep seeing him. But you keep seeing other guys. Because when you see other guys, you do not overinvest in this guy that is not there yet. And, you know, if he's the one, he's going to see that because he's going to call you on a Saturday uh, you know, afternoon and say, hey, let's go for a drink. And you're going to be like, oh, that would feel amazing. But I'm busy tonight. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be like, what? What do you mean you're busy? What are you doing? <laughs> and you're going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm going on a date. What? Are you dating other? Well, you see, I, I, we had the conversation and you weren't ready. So I had to keep my options open. It's the truth. It's the truth. Yes. Mm. It's the absolute truth. We are smart, accomplished women. And, you know, we come from an abundance mindset mm -hmm. that there are many guys that can make us happy. We may think at the moment that he is the golden ticket on Willy Wonka, but <laughs> there are many golden tickets. I'm going to be 50 next week. I'm telling you. You I, look amazing, yes. by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I, and I see it with a lot of clients mm. that, you know, they, they feel so down because this guy ghosted them after they had sex without having the conversation. And, uh, I, you know, I helped them to to keep going, and then they, sure enough, they meet another guy, they get engaged, they get married, they get the babies and everything. So yeah. it's just temporary. Mm -hmm. And the more you take care of yourself, this is a, a side effect that I don't think many people talk about. The more you take care of yourself, the more you have com the difficult conversations now, so you don't have to have the difficult pain later. Mm. The more you do these things and have healthy boundaries and and um, and explain what you want. You it's self-respect. It's, self it's saying, this is what I want and I need. It's ha being an adult in a relationship. Right. I have needs. These are my needs. If you yeah. can't meet them, okay, I accept that and walk away. That right. takes an enormous amount of inner strength and knowing yourself and self-esteem and confidence. To, so we're talking about things here that seem so like easy, but the infrastructure you need to be able to do that. And that's where you say the inner work comes in. Yes. It's really knowing yourself and loving yourself and being okay with being alone and knowing how to have boundaries and what boundaries are. And it's there's a big foundation. There is a big foundation, mm -hmm. yes. There is a big foundation. But um, so that's how we deal with that. So then he has, uh, this man has a little contract with you. And a good man will respect the contract. How do you know? And this is, I want to ask you this before. Um, how do you know when you're dating from even your experience, the however many, 200, 300 guys you dated, how do you know the good guys from the bad guys? Because, you know, and, and we'll get back to your, your question, you assume you 
that he's going to honor that contract. But are there little tells along the way that can tell us whether someone is going to honor a contract or not or who's a good guy, who isn't? Yes, and I touched on it already a little bit, but... Um, like the trust, you want to make sure they're yes. trusting and reliable. But are there other, like specific tells, like if a guy says or does this, it's like a hard line. He, I mean, other than the abuse and the other things, but are there like little secret secrets that you can share with us about what guys do or say Unfortunately, that... Unfortunately, there are no secrets because nowadays there is a lot of information so a guy may tell you the the, the secret the that the YouTuber told them, yeah. and it's not true. So it's time. The, the three first months, remember, are mutual admiration. Mm -hmm. So the first three months are like uh, enjoy them because the second third uh, three months are when you start to see the differences. And that is when you know if the guy is more serious or not. Because then the second three months is when you're going to start to see the defects on him and he's going to start to see the defects on you. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see if you have what it takes to deal with that. I can deal with things that my husband does that not many women could. And he can deal with things I do that not too many men could. Mm -hmm. But uh, we know that we can. That is something that we are uh, okay with it. It doesn't affect us in a negative way. Mm. We accept that. I accept it. I accept certain things about him. Because I know love is not perfect. And it's not about finding a perfect man. It's about finding an imperfect man that you can love perfectly. Mm. That's very well said. I haven't heard it like that before. That's great. Right. And you will only know with time. So that's why you have to take your time. And if he's rushing you, if that's he's a rushing red flag. you and pushing been there. you, <laughs> you know, talking. Say what you want and say what you don't want. You know, it doesn't feel good to me to be rushed. I want to have more time. What do you think? And if he keeps pushing you and pushing you around, that's that's a guy that I, I would um, not leave. A, a lot of coaches are like, oh, leave him, leave him, leave him. I don't know. I think there are times that you can do something else. You can just date other guys. That's why it's so important, so, so important that we don't have sex without having the exclusivity conversation mm -hmm. and that if we want to take that step as women we have to know what is coming it's coming a lot of we are going to get bonded to him we are going to if we break up it's going to take us a lot longer to heal from that uh, so that's why it's very very important that we take our time before we take that step of being exclusive with a guy or you know and Yes. And I've, it's funny because I know some, some girls who have, um, you know, had multiple partners and it's a very masculine energy, but the biology always catches up. Yes. You know, they try to have the boundaries. They try to just, you know, be with this guy and that guy or whatever. But either way, there's a bonding and there's always feelings that get hurt. W women try. They try to really embrace that masculinity 
and because the women, you know, their sexual freedom and they want to enjoy right. themselves and all the things, but it catches up that oxytocin, <laughs> that bonding is just, it's there. So I really appreciate actually what you're saying about that conversation and, right. you know, taking the time. It really does work with the, our biology and really our femininity. That's it's a constant negotiation. Yes. What makes a relationship work is a transaction. It's a it's constant communication. And we women have all the power. We have all the power. Because gay guys can't be without us. Guys adore us. And guys just need us way more than we need them at the end of the day. So we have all the power. We have the power to say there is a line here and this is as, as much as I'm willing to give right now. And uh, we can say, you know, no, this this is not going to play with me. If the guy, let's say you go out with a guy and, and you have a great time and then he texts you next day and say, oh, I had a great time. Let's get together again. And then he doesn't text you for two weeks and you go out again because, you know, you want to. You really liked him, and, and he does that again. You know, he kind of goes cold and hot. It's called mm -hmm. hot and cold, mm -hmm. hot and mm -hmm. cold. So in that case, it's for your advantage. You have to tell him. You have to let him know. This, this uh, it feels like a bit for attention, and I am really, really looking for somebody that can be consistent and that uh, knows what he wants, and, you know, that... That feels good all the time. And uh, my relationship with you feels good when I am with you, but when I'm not with you, I don't feel good. And that's one of the signs that you are with the right guy. You feel good when you are with him, and you feel good when you are not with him. That is so dynamite because I can relate to that so, so much where I've been dating somebody and I feel great with them. I feel great all the time. But, you know, when you really have, you know, this exceptional uh, exceptional type of magic with somebody, it's like, oh, I feel so good. But then when you're away from them, it's yeah. weird. I've noticed that, you know, there's some people you're just like, I don't feel great when we're apart. There's too much distance or separation. And I'm not a needy person by any means. You know, I've really analyzed myself over the years that I had been dating. And like, it's not, it's just sometimes you don't, there's too much space or just isn't a feeling good in that separation. So yeah. it's, it's a big tell. And that has been something that I know for myself, if I don't feel good when I'm apart from that person and with them, there's something wrong. I couldn't put my finger on why necessarily that was the case at that time, but I definitely saw that pattern. So that's a really important one right. to share for sure. And it doesn't mean that you have to stop seeing the guy. You, you just keep dating other guys and uh, the right guy will come along. And if you do that, it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen really fast. Like my clients, they meet their guy between six months to nine months of working with me. And they're coming from, some of them, from very hard situations where they are heartbroken, mm. you know, betrayed. And we had to do a lot of the deep work. So depending on the on the repair we have to do, the faster it happens. So because I don't want these women, our, you know, your listeners to think that, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do that for five years. No, 
Actually, if you take your time and you pay attention to this area of your life, which is the love life, which is really important for most women, it doesn't matter how much money you are making. It doesn't matter how much you know, success you get. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. I bet you, I mean, if you are in Positano and you are with a girlfriend, I can assure you a couple of times you're going to think that you would like to be with a man. Instead of your <laughs> yes, in Positano for sure. <laughs> yes. So it's very, very important. And uh, if 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 they handle, you know, if they manage to make time and do follow the coaching, it happens really fast. It's amazing. It's not that they have to do it forever. So let's go back to where people can reach you. You have. Mm -hmm. um, website you're on social media obviously where should we direct people well i felt inspired to offer something to your viewers so it's a free coaching session with me it's a love breakthrough coaching session and if they are interested in booking it they can do it uh, sending me an email to my love coach natalia at gmail.com and it's very simple just send me an, an email there and say leslie sent me so I know they come from you and um, and we will book a completely free, not strings attached uh, conversation where I am going to give them three steps that they can take right there and then to take their love life to the next level. It's a lot more simple than people think. Once you know, you know, and once you accept that you want to get married and that you want to be in an amazing relationship with your man with the men of your dreams and you are willing to be humble enough to ask for help and to realize that yes men have a lot of work to do too but can we control that no we can't so we do the work i did the work on myself when my husband showed up i could accept him for who he was Five years before I met him, I would have never even looked at him. Wow. He wasn't my type at all. <laughs> at all. My type, my type was probably one mortal living in Manhattan. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't even living in New York. So, yes. So, but I could see and I could take my time. I took my time. I I like to say that my superpower is to turn women from fear lovers to fun lovers. And one of the character traits of the fun lover is she honors he desi her desire of being in a sacred union um, relationship with a man. That could be marriage. That could be another sacred kind of contract. And she knows it's not going to fix her life. She knows it's going to add more to her life. That's beautiful. And that's exactly how it should be. I mean, yeah. we need to be whole and, and have wonderful, fulfilling lives on our own. And I think when women are in this place of needing, um, needing right, there's need and want. A lot of women think they need a man. We want a man. We, we have all the things. Yes, there's a... I guess you could say, you know, our hearts desire certain things. So to feel fully experiencing what we want, there's a need. But really, when we break it down, we want to feel full 
and we want to add someone to our life to make the magic better and bigger. Actually, when, when I was getting divorced and I started dating again, my brother Patrick, who's a forever bachelor until more recently, he said, Leslie, you don't want a man to make your life easier. You want a man to make it better. That's beautiful. And I mean, coming from my brother, <laughs> shout That's... out to Patrick there, who, you know, hadn't been in any like marriage or anything, but it was, it was very, it actually resonated with me for a long time because it's true. I needed to be though in a great place and then make it better, not from a need place though either. So um, I really like that. It's, it's very interesting because this swing of women becoming so empowered. Have, there was a guy, a guy friend of mine, I hadn't heard this term a couple of years ago, chicks with dicks. <laughs> have <laughs> yeah. you heard that? Where the women have become so masculine and so business focused and so uh, 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 they don't know how to switch off. And I'm sure that's something too that your clients have an issue with is going from business mode to feminine mode. I'm sure that just being able to toggle that light switch on and off like, okay, I'm at home. I need to be feminine. I'm at work. Okay, I get to be masculine. Is probably a challenge for a lot of them to adapt to. It is a challenge. And even me, that I am a professional, sometimes I forget. Oh, really? I and mean, so how does that happen when if you go home to your husband and you're still in your masculine energy? Does he just like run away? Like, what does that dynamic look like? Um, let me see. Or do you guys have just this communication and this understanding like, okay, honey, does he do something? He knows you well enough to like bring you into your femininity? Well, the, the energy, there is a word. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's predominantly, okay? This is an important word to know. It's not that we have to be in our feminine energy with our guy 100% of the time. It's just a conscious decision that we make based on our self-awareness and self-knowledge of what do I want to be? Do I want to be respected for my thinking? Do I want to be respected for my intellect and for my accomplishments and for my car and for my house? Or do I want to be cherished? Cherished for who I am, cherished for my feelings. Because, yeah, as you said when we were chatting on our, our pre-call, right. men want us to feel. We bring the feeling to them. Right. They don't care about our intellect. They don't care about our car and our success and our businesses and any of the bullshit. They want our our femininity, which is the right. feeling. Right. We They feel through us. Right. Is, I think, how you kind of said it in a way. Right. They, they get to see the fullness of life through us. Right. But, um, oh, I think I lost my train of thought, so why I was saying that. Oh, uh, predominantly. So there are going to be times where I, I have to be the masculine energy sometimes, you know, because if he's doing something, let's say, uh, you know, I don't have kids, but let's say I have a kid and he's having a really bad day, really bad day for some reason. You know, we all have bad days. And he's doing, he's manhandling the kid. I will step up mm. because it's appropriate at that time. So sure. it's not that we are all, you know, oh, whatever he does, where it's good, it's good, it's good. No, we do express what we don't want. And we can be on our, if he's, I mean, I'm not going to, if let's say our partner loses a dear family member, 
yes, I mean, I, I uh, probably he's going to be out of it and he's not going to know how to book that flight to, you know, to California. So I do have to jump up and say, okay, let me, let me get your suitcase ready and I'll fly, I'll book the flight and I'll get the rental and we are going to be there. Ta -ra -ra -ra. So yes, of course we do have times where we use it, but it's predominantly, mostly we have to choose to be in our feminine energy. And how do I handle it? It was a lot of training and sometimes I just get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Like the other day, without going too far, he was uh, he was doing something that I wasn't approving and I didn't want him to see me with my face because I can show it with my face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to trust him. So I went outside of my house and I said... Trust him, trust him. I couldn't trust him at the moment. So I said, trust him. This is coming from fear. He knows, he knows what he's doing. He's perfectly capable. It's just your fear creeping up on you. Just trust him. Trust him. What happened? He came to the backyard and said, "What happened? What's going on? Why are you here?" And I said, "I felt a little bit anxious, and uh, you know, and I needed to relax." And mm. he's like, oh, everything is good. Everything is good. Everything went well. I handled it well. And everything was perfect. Wow, great. So in the past, I would have yelled at him, told him, told him what to do, and that he was a loser and a bunch of other things. Thrown a, a rock if I had it close by. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. I mean, yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, I learned through pain. And sure. that's how we learn. Most of the time... We have to go through a lot of pain to to learn and ask for help. I'm not sure if that answered yes, your question. Yes, absolutely, and more so, and more <laughs> so. That's beautiful. Uh, I, one last question before we wrap up. Does the dating world differ for men and women who have been divorced and have children? It does. It does. And funny enough... Sometimes with some particular clients that are single and no kids, I tell them, imagine you have kids and you have to, to, you know, to set boundaries as if you have kids. And I will answer your question now. Yes, when you are a woman and you have kids, you have to decide for your own how you are going to manage the visiting if he's going to come to your house or if you're going to go to his house and how much time you're going to allow them to be with them. You have to make a lot of decisions in advance and you have to tell him. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. my kids are my priority. They are the apple of my eye. They are the thing that I care most in this world and I feel like, you know, like they need uh, more time with me. So mm -hmm. can we meet tomorrow instead of today? Or I feel like my, my kids need more time to get adjusted to you. So I would like you to, to not visit my house until, you know, we are exclusive and, we, and mm -hmm. marriage is on the table. Yeah, okay. You have your right to express absolutely everything you want mm -hmm. as long as you don't make it a demand sure so but 
ladies, express everything you want and what you don't want. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be yelled. Mm -hmm. If you keep yelling at me, I'm going to walk away. And then you do walk away if he keeps yelling. That's the important yes. part because, oh, I don't have sex on the first date. And then you have sex on the first date. He lost respect for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. He thinks he, you are having sex with everybody. So even if you're not. So keeping the word integrity is huge. Yes. So it's, you have to, if you are married, uh, you know, if you're divorced and you have kids, you, you have to be very clear on what your boundaries are, what is best for your kids. Uh, you have to have a conversation with your kids and let them know that you are doing this. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, depending on the kind of mom you are, maybe ask them, you know, if what they think or I don't know. Um, but yes, you have to have boundaries. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I've just absorbed so much. I, this is going to be so helpful for my listeners. Um, thank you so, so much for being here. Oh my God. You're welcome. My oh. pleasure. So we might have to have you back again, just to dive a little bit more into the, um, I, I really like, cause there's a lot of people that have been divorced and the kids and the blended family and the complexity of that. And, um, so, I mean, we can dive more into, I'm sure you have clients that have kids and you've coached them on dating. That's definitely something I think would be fascinating. When we don't have any baggage and we're young, it's a little bit easier to date, I think. But once we've had relationships and our own baggage uh, going through, <laughs> that can be, I think, a little bit, adds another layer. Yes, right? it's a little bit different, but it's doable. But the same it's mechanics doable. are there. Yes. It's the feminine, masculine energy. Interaction, just more communication, I suppose. It's communication. Yeah. Communication, negotiation, knowing who you are and knowing your value. And, and expressing, uh, expressing your feelings express and what you want and yeah. don't want. Love it. Wrapped up those points there. All right, you guys. Until next time.